0: What's going on everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. I'm your host Will Ferrero. On today's episode we have Michelle Stern. Michelle is the Executive Director of the New York State Academy of Trial Lawyers and the Academy is responsible for putting on all sorts of amazing CLEs and networking events for its members uh, which reminds me I'm late on my CLE requirements I gotta go get them done so please enjoy the episode. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm doing awesome. All Thanks well. for taking
0: the uh, the time to, to chat with me a little bit about uh, about what you do. My pleasure. Can you just introduce yourself? Sure.
1: My name is Michelle Stern. I'm the Executive Director of the New York State Academy of Trial Lawyers. We are the largest statewide trial lawyer bar in the nation.
0: Wow, in the nation. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so what does the Trial Lawyers Academy do exactly?
1: So, I mean, we're a bar association. So mm-hmm. like most bars, we're, you know, a professional organization for lawyers. We like to run social events and get our lawyer folks together, often with judges and other important members of the legal community. So part of it's social and networking. We are... um huge CLE providers at this point we might be one of the biggest CLE providers in the entire state of New York um most of we're almost at 300 CLEs since the start of the pandemic and they average a thousand attendees so we've done hundreds of thousands of attendees since the start of the pandemic um and so yeah we do a lot of CLEing. we also do uh political work right now we We're very focused on the Grieving Families Act, trying Mm -hmm. to update New York State's wrongful death law. But we are always more broadly striving to improve um, and expand and preserve New York's civil justice system. So, and we work with a lot of sponsors and vendors. Um, So those are sort of the the major areas of things that the Academy does, sort of networking between members, CLE programming and other kinds of special events um, and then our political work
0: did I see that the academy won like CLE provider of the year for uh, well, what was oh, the parameters yeah. Of that?
1: <laughs> oh yeah the number one um yes we are according to the new york law journal's annual survey that was just released in september we are the number one cle provider in the state of new york and also the number one online cle provider in the state of new york mm. so go us and
0: if any non-lawyers somehow find their way to the video what's what's a cle
1: ah continuing legal education i know i use that lingo all the time yeah. yeah,
0: I know. I know a lot of people dread getting their CLEs done, but I, I I've kind of just been, you know, clicking on things that interest me, and it's been every when I, whenever it rolls around that I have to submit it, I'm like already done. So, um, yeah. and I guess that's thanks to the academy because I watch a lot of their CLEs.
1: <laughs> well, we try to keep the programs interesting. Uh, we try to come up with very interesting titles and interesting speakers on topics that are current. We just did a CLE with the new Chief Judge, with Judge Rowan Wilson.
0: Very exciting!
1: It was the most nervous I have ever been presenting a CLE. I, after almost 300 programs, I kind of no longer get nervous about online speaking, but I was super nervous because it's the Chief Judge, (laughs) and I'm a very big fan of his. So um, it was great, and he was amazing, and it was a great program. But we try to bring Cool, interesting stuff to the Zoom stage, so that your CLEs don't have to be boring. Mm-hmm. You should and so, be able if any- to pick up info and run with it.
0: Yeah, and so if people are listening to you know the CLEs, you're always the one that is announcing the codes, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Now the codes scrambling. are polls. Now the codes are poll questions, but yes, oh, okay. that's usually that's my yeah, main yeah. role. As I'm. I'm like the opening act and hostess and um, logistical support throughout. I All try right. to avoid speaking about content because I, I really only play a, a lawyer on Zoom. so
0: gotcha. <laughs> so aside from, you know, reading the codes, which has now been taken away from you, what what does the <laughs> executive director do?
1: Um, oh, God. Well, that's a great question. So I, um, I supervise all of the programming. I do most of the CLE planning sort of creation mm-hmm. and hosting. Once the CLE is over, I kind of hand it off to my staff to take care of the details and the follow up and logistics, which is fun for considering the volume that we're now doing. Um, I do a lot of overseeing of the political stuff. So I do a lot of meeting with our PAC chairs and our political team and our lobbyists to keep those things on track. I'm uh, a go-between for the nearly 5,500 members of the organization. So members will need another member. You know, you'll call and say like, hey, I... Somebody I know needs a, you know, a car accident attorney in mm-hmm. Syracuse. Do you know somebody? And I have this crazy network now right. of just people that I know through the academy. So there's a lot of that. Um, you know, it's a lot of membership. Trying to get folks to join all the time. We're always trying to grow and get more members to join. I'm Constantly dealing with our board of directors and we have an associate board of directors. So um, you can talk more about that. But we, I'm often meeting with our various boards and trying to implement new things. We're working on some listserv creation now and our 20th anniversary is coming up very soon. So I have a couple committees working on planning for our big soiree. Yeah we're actually going to have multiple parties to celebrate Mm. because why have one party when you can have two parties
0: well it's a big state and you know people aren't going to travel uh you know across the white plains border right exactly
1: exactly (laughs) it's tricky
0: so when you know i i when i was trying to do a little bit of research on you to uh to (laughs) to figure out what kind of questions i was going to ask Uh the, the quote that kept coming up is that you wanted to be a lawyer with no clients
1: Yes. When
0: did when did that come about? That thought. You
1: know, it's so it used to be a joke, right? Like people would. <laughs> I used to say, like, "Oh, I'm this executive director." People would be like, "What does that mean?" And I would say, "I'm I'm just this brilliant genius who figured out how to be a lawyer with zero <laughs> clients." Right? I have no clients, and now it's you know almost twenty years later, and I have fifty five hundred. Lawyers and judges, right. and I think back and I'm like, I could have just had like whatever a hundred normal people clients, like regular right. clients. I don't know why I was so afraid yeah. of clients, and now <laughs> I have 5500. Every single one of them is crazy. Yeah, that's
0: a lot of opinions <laughs> to uh to have to hear. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So yeah, I it's um, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, I was what, young and I
0: was the academy. I, the, your first job out of law school.
1: It was, yeah. I got. Um, it was right after I graduated law school. Before I worked at the academy, I was involved in NYPERG, the New York Public Interest Research Group, mm. and uh, they do a lot of civil justice related work. So there are some overlap in people and network people, and mm. um, that's how I found out about the academy. They needed an executive director. And I was like a weirdo who went to law school without really wanting to be a lawyer and wanted to do like nonprofit government organizing kind of stuff. So it was a really good fit for me because I was I was trying to leave law school and not, you know, waste my legal education. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was a nice mix for me where I like still needed to be a lawyer. It was still in the legal world. I still had to talk the legal lingo, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, no clients, just lawyers.
0: (laughs) And so when you first started, there was only like 100 people in the academy, right?
1: Yeah. How did you
0: grow it to 5,500?
1: So it's um it's definitely not all my credit. The uh-huh. um the academy had some really amazing founders and some core members that have been with us from the beginning and they had a vision before I, you know, I was a kid in law school, barely knew what a bar association was when they founded the academy, but they founded the academy with the idea that they could do it better, that they could build a bar association that really um, created something for the members mm. that was obvious, right? They had this sort of attitude that bars were taking too much from their members and not giving enough back. Uh-huh. And their attitude was, we're going to do free CLE. There's no reason that you should be paying for that. The bar mm. should give it to you. Right. So um, the free CLE was our biggest platform for membership, even pre-pandemic. And we were, you know, trucking along, building, 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 growing, 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 growing. Um, And then the pandemic hit, and I will admit, there was definitely a moment where I was like, oh, we were so close to hitting 3,000 members. Oh, no. Um, And we kind of took a deep breath for the month of March 2020, and we ran our very first Zoom CLE in the very beginning of April 2020. So we were one of the first to Mm -hmm. jump on to Zoom and to start running programming on zoom and even that first program had hundreds of people at it mm-hmm. and i was sort of like oh boy this is gonna be a thing uh and then you know it just sort of exploded from there running really good programming having great speakers having like a in the beginning it was a place just for people to hang out like it was oh yeah folks in that well you know lawyers were like bored like courts were closed <laughs> there was a limit of what you could do in the beginning right? it was everybody was just sort of sitting at home and freaking out and uh-huh. one of the few things that you could actually accomplish while you mm. were sitting around Doing
2: not the CLEs, yeah. cases,
1: was like oh I could tick off my CLE credits that's there's 24 hours worth of work that I could get done right, right away and feel good about having done something so i think the trick was sort of capturing folks in those first 24 hours and they of credit you know they they like were introduced to the academy they became part of a the academy's family they decided that getting CLEs from us was fun and easy and enjoyable and not necessarily like torturous and boring (laughs) so um then it grew pretty dramatically from there. Then instead of never hitting 3000, we're now at 5,500. So it really shot, shot off. It was not, who could have expected.
0: You were doing the CLEs in person before?
1: Yeah, we were running CLEs in person. Uh, We had done a few things online, but we had almost never run it live online. We had done Mm -hmm. some like pre-recorded stuff. but yeah, we were running most of the time I would get a program and then I would run the same program in at least six cities. So we'd take ah. it sort of the show on the road, right? It'd be mm-hmm. like Willow Michelle or in Albany, then Syracuse, then Rochester, then Buffalo, uh, then Manhattan, then Long Island. The
0: CLE tour.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I I did a lot, a lot of CLE touring before um shifting to Zoom mm-hmm. and I don't know. While there are many, many, many places where Zoom education is a far cry from in-person, I actually think that CLE education, that legal education, it's really helpful. Lawyers don't have to schlep anywhere. You can do it while you're at your desk. You can be like monitoring other stuff while you're still watching and paying attention to what's going on in the Zoom screen. I mean even when lawyers are doing it in person, they're still, you know, doing the world on their phone, you know, everybody's multitasking. So it makes it a little bit more palatable and a Mm. little more doable, a little easier. And lawyers like it. Like it's (laughs) nice to be able to talk to a thousand lawyers at once and to not have to roadshow the whole state to be able to get to everybody in a convenient way. So I don't know. It's a, Certainly been a silver lining of the pandemic for us. I think a lot of the technology um, leaps have been a silver lining for the legal community in general, and that's definitely true for the academy.
0: And how are you putting together this great content? Are you having to approach attorneys to be like, you know, oh, you're in this practice area, we we, we want something that, you know, we think that you can give a, uh, a good presentation on or people coming to you or both?
1: It's a little bit of everything. So some of our programming has been around since pre-pandemic. So for example, we just finished our annual update series. It was our 20th year of doing that series. The series has morphed over time. It used to be an all-day, in-person, sit-in-a-conference room from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. kind of thing with a revolving door of presenters. Mm. Now it's on Zoom in little chunks, and you can sort of catch it as you want to because sitting on Zoom for you know 8 hours in a row makes anybody want to shoot themselves so like that's not <laughs> a good plan um so the format has changed but that program has existed and many of those presenters have been presenting for 20 years wow so um some of our programming is like I'm just lucky and it's baked in right like our Some of our presenters are just CLE machines, like Professor Mike Hutter. He does two annual update topics and their CPLR update every year. He just, like, I don't know how he does it. He just magically churns out CLE content like a robot. And it's amazing. And he's one of our best presenters. People just love Professor Hutter. So... Um, we're very lucky. And then there's a lot of programming that we go after. So some of it is based on the types of credit. So for example, there's a new cybersecurity category of credit that's been created by the CLE board that all attorneys, not brand new attorneys, all after your first two years, you need to do cybersecurity credits. So that's something we've sort of been rushing to catch up to and make sure we're providing. Um, diversity credits, same kind of thing. It's been around for a while. We try to meet um, that need with some really interesting programming. We have one coming up called Triggering Snowflakes, Diversity in the Legal <laughs> Profession. I like a, I like a, a enticing title. I yeah, want to- wanna... I'm
0: sure everyone's gonna have an opinion before they even uh, go into that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the point, right? Um, <laughs> So we try to meet those needs, ethics credits. we try to like I will seek out programming in some different areas. So sometimes we'll go find people. So AI is a hot topic right now. I've gone to find national speakers and I just do some do some research, look to see who's presenting for other folks that I trust and know and you know, search the network to see mm-hmm. who might be good at different topics. Um, And then some of it is just folks come to me like they there's a CLE form on our website where you can fill out like hey I want to present this is what I want to present on, we do try really hard to make sure all of our presentation faculties have some diversity, I am like long we're way past the times of like old white dude old white dude (laughs) old white dude old white dude dude. like nothing but a parade of CLE old white dude to get some different
0: perspectives
1: a lot of different perspectives and it's not just racial diversity like it's gender diversity it's race it's geographic diversity it's type of practice diversity Mm -hmm. so like I try to not have just a plaintiff. If I have just a plaintiff, I get complaints from the defense side. So I really do try to mix up my faculty in all possible ways so that folks are getting, you know, a really good perspective on whatever Mm. the topic is. Um, We're not always able to do that, but I try. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it does just drop in my lap. Um, a, A very recent example, I was in Rochester. I needed office space to run a program out of. I just happened to be at one of my former board members' offices in Rochester. I end up sort of walking around the office just to see who's around and say hi. One of her partners was there. I end up talking to him for like five minutes and he's like, oh, I just wrote a book. It's about like epidemiology and the law. I was like, oh, cool, sign my book. Also, we should do a CLE on this. <laughs> like sometimes it just literally, like I wasn't walking around the office looking for CLE content, right. but the dude just wrote a book. I was like, all right, well, if you wrote a book, then clearly you could talk about this for at least 15 minutes. So, right, right. um you just have to open your eyes to it and they've they just have been coming now it's they're coming all the time we are currently booking it's almost november we're currently booking february and march programming so i'm staying like three to four months ahead we don't want to be too far ahead because the law changes so Mm -hmm. fast that if i get too far ahead then people want to do stuff and i don't have enough flexibility in the schedule so i try to try to not be too crazy (laughs)
0: And why why should people, attorneys, be CLE presenters?
1: Ooh, so, well, there's a couple of reasons. One, you get triple credit. So in addition to just like your single credit, you got to rack up your credits. um, It's a great way to get your name out there. And it's a great way to get referrals, right? So if you're, you know, let's say you're up there talking to a thousand people um, about jury selection right they're gonna see you rocking it on jury selection and they might be like oh I maybe i'll mm. maybe i'll throw that maybe i'll still see if will wants to be so for sure it's just sort of getting your name out there presenting being an expert being seen as an expert on your topic um plus it's fun you get to like hang out with me on a zoom for an hour <laughs> that.
0: do you get, ever get any feedback from presenters like oh, I gave that presentation on such and such and like my phone's been ringing off the hook?
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. We definitely get um, presenters hear from folks. They often hear from folks they haven't heard it in forever, right? Like they'll get calls after the fact, like from some random person they went to law school with that was like, I I didn't know you existed anymore. So can you know, Re engage you with folks you haven't seen in a while, but for sure, it's, you know, it's a thousand or so people every time. So Mm -hmm. that's a lot of eyeballs. And it's, you know, New York's legal community is huge, but it's not that huge. You know, somebody's going to be on there that's going to notice you if you're out there with a thousand folks.
0: Yeah. And especially if you can get good at something that's either annoying or difficult that nobody else wants to do. And that'd be a great way to get a lot of referrals. Absolutely. And so how how do you feel about the other bar associations? Are you you competitors or is there gang fights in the courthouse when you run into somebody (laughs) from one of the other ones?
1: Um, There are between some bars, but not (laughs) the Academy. Um, We're not that kind of bar. I'm a very big believer in... Um, a rising tide floats all boats, right? Like th- we work with tons and tons of other bar associations, mm-hmm. um, especially the bars that are a little bit smaller and don't have staff or the resources we do. We'd like to run Zoom CLEs with other bars all the time because mm-hmm. there's, there's smaller bars out there that just don't, they don't have a 3000 seat Zoom account. They just can't mm-hmm. do a Zoom CLE like that, but they have... The perfect content. They have the perfect presenter. They really have that like specific knowledge or know how. Um, And we want to help bring that information to our members just as much as we want to help bring that message to their members. So we work with lots of regional bars. We have a couple bars, uh, a couple CLEs coming up with the Albany County Bar Association. We have a couple coming up with the um, Caribbean American Lawyers Association, CALA. Um, they're doing a domestic violence one with us that's um, about the migrant like prosecuting domestic violence cases in a migrant crisis which is going to be fascinating um so yeah I I'm kind of a bar junkie. I'm members of a whole bunch of different bar associations Bye. um and I think it's I'm a big the more the merrier kind of fan you can't be a member of enough bars. Mm-hmm it's just going to benefit you. They're all really great. They're all doing really good work. They're all trying to like help the legal community in their own ways. They're all worth the networking. So if you don't, if you're, if you don't vibe with the Academy, find a different one, like go, I I mean, I'm not Puerto Rican, but I'm a member of the Puerto Rican bar. (laughs) I'm a member member of the women's bar. I'm a member of the lawyers. Like You just, like, you join whatever Mm -hmm. speaks to you. Um, Yeah,
0: totally. What what would you say that you're proudest of in your career with the Academy?
1: Um, Last week's deal with Judge Wilson was totally a highlight. That was
0: the pinnacle, and it was last week?
1: That was a big moment. I really was very excited. After that CLE, that CLE was, uh, I was quoted in the front page of the New York Law Journal, above the folds. Okay. On the day after the CLE. And then there was another article about it the day after that. So two days in a row above the fold front page of the Law Journal was pretty, that was pretty high quality. Yeah, that's um, nice. We do, the Academy has sort of taken on, and, and I have taken on the role of running the Court of Appeals judicial screening. Okay. So all of the candidates that go through the process of potentially sitting on the Court of Appeals mm-hmm. go through this gauntlet of Bar Association judicial screenings. There are 13 some odd bars that now screen. And I coordinate that for the Academy wow. and all these other bars. So that's kind of huge. I'm really proud yeah, of that sure. work. Um, plus the biggest perk of that is that I get to know all the court of appeals judges, which is a really nice Mm -hmm. kind of cool thing. Yeah, of course. Um, but just the growth, like the membership growth is kind of crazy Mm -hmm. when the academy was founded. And when I started, we had a hundred members. Nobody really thought we would be at 5,500. That was not something that we ever envisioned. Um, you know, CLEs with like three, we've had some that had 3000 people on it. Like, that's crazy. I never I never thought that would happen. Yeah. Those are moments that I'm kind of proud of. I'm really proud that we finally got the grieving families act passed through the mm. legislature. I now would really like to get it signed into law. Yeah. Once that happens, that will by far
0: That'll be huge for sure. that
1: will by far supersede any prior accomplishment if we can actually get the bill signed into law that will be such an incredible massive change for so many people and so important that that will that will be it when that happens i'm waiting for that to be my answer
0: (laughs) i'm sure you'll get it done and i'm i'm rooting for your heart as a as a pi attorney so
1: what
0: what are we looking forward to in 2024 what's the big stuff that uh that the academy is going to be doing
1: So it is our 20th anniversary year, which is kind of exciting and crazy. Um, So we're going to have two very big parties to celebrate, one upstate, one downstate. We were founded in Syracuse, and our incoming president is from Syracuse. So Mm. our first party will be at the end of May in Syracuse, New York. And then we're going to do a downstate party in June in probably in New York City, specifically where to be determined. Um, So as far as networking shindigs, look for that. God willing and governor (laughs) willing, we will be celebrating the Grieving Families Act having been signed into law in like January-ish, end of this year or beginning of next, hopefully. Um, And then a million more CLEs. We have some plans for... We're working on plans now for what I like to call the Academy 2.0. Now that we are 5,000 plus members strong, there's some organizational um, kind of segmenting that we need to do to make sure that we still maintain our feel and that Mm. we're still sort of a small community so we have some new member benefits we want to roll out including some designated listservs Mm. and some new ways to communicate within sections of the academy because we're kind of big enough now that we can do some committee splits and related work so we're working on those kind of exciting things i'm trying to think if i have any like (laughs) incredibly exciting CLEs on the forefront. I mean, the Rowan Wilson thing, just, I'm like, still, <laughs> I'm still like tickled from the Rowan mm-hmm. CLE. I'm sure I'll come back to earth eventually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's all I can think of at the moment.
0: <laughs> all right. And so what, what advice would you have for a young attorney who obviously joins the Academy? How do they maximize the benefit that they're going to get? How, how's the best way to get involved?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So for sure, join, right? Like that's step one. Um, Come to CLEs and participate. So the CLEs almost always have Q&As afterwards. And that's an extremely great resource, especially for young attorneys. You can pop your questions right in there and get your answers like instantaneously answered by a pro. Mm -hmm. Nothing beats that. So like take advantage of it and do it. Um, there's also all these different committees to join. Right. So you can if you want a party plan, you can get engaged on our 20th anniversary committee. Um, you can always fundraise. You can help write publications. You can uh, present CLEs. So there's all these sort of different areas. So if you're like, a, I like to be in front of people, I like to talk a lot, which is true for a lot, but not all <laughs> trial lawyers. And um, you can certainly pick a topic and present a CLE. Or if you're more of the, I prefer to be behind the scenes, there's certainly different kinds of writing projects. There's all sorts of political stuff, lobbying, fundraising, going to political events. So there's lots of different ways. You can always just like email me and have a phone call with me and be like, hey, I just joined, (laughs) I wanna do some stuff. What What do I do?
0: For sure. I think that's great advice. Well, thank you so much for for chatting with me tonight and giving me a uh, and everybody else such a, a good background of the academy and you know hopefully we'll get a lot more a lot more members and uh, and we'll get the grieving families act passed.
1: Yeah, totally. Thanks, right. Will, for having me. And um, I have to give a plug for the website. Folks oh, can for go to sure. trial, trialacademy.org org to find out more or to join or to sign up for any of the upcoming programs. All right. Amazing! Thanks
0: so much, Mel. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. Please like, review, and subscribe so we can help the channel continue to grow. And if you're interested in connecting with any of the guests, please let me know, and I'd be happy to make the introduction.